You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Two, three. Welcome to another episode out of the blank podcast. I'm here with Maeve. Hi, Robbie. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Even with all the stressful computer issues. <laughs> About 20,000 computer issues. Just, oh. You know what? Technology can be so advanced that it can solve all of our problems, but it creates them all in the first place. So it doesn't make any sense now, does it? <laughs> it's a it's got its pluses and minuses that's for sure well why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself oh um so i am i guess i've traveled around a bit i grew up in louisiana uh lived in new york for a few years and now i'm in colorado springs um i <laughs> i mean i don't really know what to say too much uh, what are your interests or my interests, fine arts. That's, I'm majoring, um, I'm a 30 year old undergrad right now, um, majoring in fine arts. So that's my main thing. And then traveling. What do you consider fine arts? Uh, anything from sculpture, painting, drawing, uh, physical, like putting it down on paper, or canvas, anything like that. The stuff that's extremely difficult to do. Like, have you ever noticed any of the Greek statues? I'm a fitness guy, and let me tell you, all of them are ripped, like chiseled to the <laughs> bone, and all of them show a certain body part where a lot of the times we would cover it up in society. But I'm like, it's nice to see uh, a nice chiseled statue with, obviously, the artist spent a lot of time on the crotch area, because that thing <laughs> is like perfect to a point where you're like, it's even got the the little bit, the slight curve, you know, I, I don't know if that's just me that admires that. My art history teacher was like, why are you, what are you doing? Like you're picking out the weirdest things. You could, you know, the curls, how much time the artist spent in the curls, but you're just going straight to the crotch. I'm like, look, it's there. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, they put the detail into it. He could have saved like maybe three hours, just skipping over that area, making it like a you know, like a Kendall. <laughs> yeah, but he did it. He sat there and crafted out the time and crafted out this masterpiece. And sadly, I'm just looking down at his nether region. <laughs> well, that's kind of like the um the Venus where you know she's got the little like slit and everything. I look at like that type of art and then like I mean even pastel art too. Like that's oh my god. I wish I had like half the talent to be able to do that like all these people that draw comic books all these people that do sculptures woodworking anything i just sit there and i look in amazement like it's weird to see the comparison from when i was a kid to where i look at it now and i'm like wow i actually truly enjoy looking at this and seeing not not staring at the dick but more like i'm enjoying the actual full-on art like even a birdhouse i built a birdhouse i killed three birds with the birdhouse i forgot to curve the nails inside the birdhouse and I guess they were flying around in there and my, my it, it wasn't mine. I gave it to my um, buddies, uh, like, you know, put, put out in front of his house because he lives out in the country. I figured, hey, get some use out of a birdhouse. And his dad was like, you know, you killed three birds. So I was like, what? <laughs> so you're not killing your own birds. You're killing other people's birds. It's called population control. 
<laughs> I know you do a podcast with Cass, but so what exactly is this? I know it's the swipe and sip, but what exactly do you bring to the table? Um, I am the more sexual side of swipe and sip. <laughs> Explain the sexual side. <laughs> um, so whereas Cass has been in a relationship for forever or, you know, until recently with a just terrible person, um, I have been single uh, for pretty much the past forever. Uh, I've had, you know, a couple long-term relationships here and there, but for the most part, I've been, you know, dating uh, a lot and um so i've <laughs> i've probably racked up close to uh 50 sexual partners so i've <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah yeah so um so i bring a lot of that knowledge to the table i've had some weird experiences um i'm actually working on writing a book about kind of how hilarious some of this has become I need to ask what's a weird experience because I mean my mind just goes and wanders to at the capabilities of what you can find on online websites to I don't know people's kinks are crazy what really gets I mean I get it I'm like hey if that's you and honestly I applaud the people that could express that in public just be like yeah I like to get stepped on in the balls like I'm oh god good no. for you like <laughs> you should be president with the amount like no other dirt could we cover up about you like that's just you're being honest yeah you're just keeping it right out in the open oh uh, no like a so... Greek statue exactly bringing it full circle no, um, so my favorite to bring up is actually whenever I went to a swing house, which is a house for swingers um, and, and singles who want to come and participate and stuff like that. And uh, my favorite was the voyeur room where people could sit and watch. So. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. <laughs> I have heard about watching before, but there's a legit room where you can do it. There was the a legit room. That's yeah. like being the guy that lives in a glass house and you expect people not to stare at you. Like, oh, <laughs> I got the cops called on me because this dude said I was staring at him through his house. His whole fucking house is made of glass. Don't get a house made of glass. It doesn't make sense. You When you come in, you literally are putting on a show for everybody unless you got like the the area 51 or like the bomb shelter blinds that just shut down like a metal door <laughs> or that uh that uh dark tinting where you can see out but not in my gym has that it's the weirdest thing because they don't know how much i'm slacking off behind the counter <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> i do have to ask though what would be in your mind the weirdest thing that you've come across sexually um that's a tough one. Uh, Does it involve fruit? <laughs> I can't say that I've really come across fruit too much in my sexual experiences. You might be looking at the wrong people. <laughs> I consider it a party when somebody breaks out a pineapple. I'm like, oh, it's going, it's going somewhere. <laughs> I have seen a video about a grapefruit, but other than that. I have too. And let me tell you, grapefruit is disgusting. <laughs> it is nasty. It shouldn't even be a fruit. It should be known as an acid, like a battery. I can't imagine why you would want that on your genitals, but it's out there. It's a rocket ship. <laughs> you ever see that meme? They memed her mouth noises with a rocket ship. It is the oh funniest thing God. I have ever seen. It's like three, two, one, take off. <laughs> 
I'm like, yeah, oh, I hate grapefruit, but this is hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing, and I can totally picture that. Um, so I do have, come on, you got to share the craziest thing. Okay, so, uh, well, let's see. So far, my no-go has been, uh, I've had multiple people requests for me to peg them, and I have uh, refused that thus far. <laughs> what do we mean by peg? Um, a girl with a strap on doing a guy. But you were talking about like, let's put a pin in that, but like, let's put a peg in that and wait till yeah. later. That's, that's the weirdest thing you've had? Oh, that's the weirdest thing I haven't had. The weirdest thing I have had. Oh. No, um. Any, I like, because, all right, so I'll give you a movie, for example. Um, I think it's called Bad Dad with Robin Williams. So I haven't seen it. So, the son um, is into erotic asphyxiation, and he's... <laughs> He's like in high school and he's jacking off and his dad comes in and oh, no. sees him doing it. And he's like, what the hell? And the, the kid's all freaking out like, daddy, he's got a belt tied around his neck and stuff. And he's <laughs> yelling at Robin Williams. Robin Williams is like, sorry, I didn't know. And like, they're driving to school and he's like, doesn't want to talk about it. So like, they're, yeah. they're like, you know, have a good day at school. Then he comes in um, like another day later in the week and it's happening again. He opens up the door and goes, oh God, man, really? Just clean it up, clean it up. And his son's not responding to him. And he goes, what? he walks over to him and the kid's dead. And he had killed himself. Oh my himself. God. So his dad has to clean up all of his porn and then also grab the kid, his son, and grab him with the belt and all and tie it into his closet to make it look like he hung himself. Oh no. So people. Yeah, so it's not that. just like I accidentally Fuck. killed myself while that's masturbating. Too, what, what, where would your extent be to that's as far as I'm going ever? <laughs> okay, so uh, you did, you did kind of trigger. Um, so my weirdest experience was I was a uh, sub in a relationship at one point in time. I was a submissive. And um, in that situation, you get extremely addicted. Uh, and so I was obsessed with the guy that I was with and I would have done pretty much anything that he said. And so he brought this other girl over one time and, uh, had her blindfolded. She had no idea that I was there and he had her like do things to me. And I could obviously tell that this girl was not by at all. And it was just, it was extremely uncomfortable. And I still feel guilty to this day for putting her in that situation. Ah, oh, this is like, I have so many questions. <laughs> like, first I was going to ask, like, what was the weirdest thing? And then I, before you answered, I was going to be like, is it anything with food? Not like pineapple. I just can't see food being in the bedroom. I know I wouldn't want to put whipped cream on anybody. I, chocolate syrup. I'm sorry. It's that's. I heard it's good, but it's I, I it's so sticky. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm very OCD in life. I couldn't imagine what it would be like with it like there was toppings all over the place. I'd be at like a fucking Baskin Robbins. Like what are you gonna do afterwards? Sleep in a bed where there's chocolate. Gummy on the bears, sheets? like fucking drizzling down. <laughs> it's Willy Wonka and the sexual experience. Uh <laughs> okay. Have you ever gotten to like mass foreplay at all? Oh, what do you mean by that? Like masks, gimp oh, masks, masks, whips, chains. No, God, no. I'm just, 
But the farthest I get into like BDSM is being tied up, blindfolded, uh, extreme case nipple clamps. And there was one time that my breasts looked like eggplants because they had been beaten so hard. And that, that, that's a good experience for you? <laughs> uh, this, again, was whenever I was the submissive and would have done anything that he said. You really kind of put the twist on, like, some guys like me, like, when the girl engages first. I'm, I'm a big proprietor on, like, I'm not going to get rejected. I will just sit here and wait. And if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm I'm usually the one that goes ahead and, and asks someone out first. Would you say that you surprised? Because I mean, the, the kind of the point of the podcast too is like Cass was in a serious relationship that kind of had this horrible, horrible thing um, happen. And, you know, you guys reconnected after kind of not talking for a while. And um, you kind of come at her with these experiences and kind of stories. Does she have a lot of questions? Because it seems like you're the wild and free one. Like that one's like that's that's kind of done that, and then she's kind of like has oats to kind of sow. It seems so. It seems like you're answering a lot of the questions. I mean, for me too. I'm 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 so basic in the game. My first sexual experience was right after the purge, so there might be something down that road <laughs> that leads into something. But I don't want to chase it down. I'm not into that. Um, but it's it's interesting because whenever it comes to sex talk, which is like kind of a little bit about your podcast too, it gets people's ears in this weird like state of like oh you're speaking the something that i haven't heard in my virgin ears and it's yeah, like the things you're not supposed to talk about like what do you mean the reason why we aren't supposed to talk about it is the fact that we stigmatized it so much you should talk about sex honestly it should be educated more in school i had oh, a yeah. fucking horrible video it was supposed to be for middle schoolers about like uh, the, the the transformation into turning into a man or turning into a woman, and the fucking awkward cartoon was just around the corner, just around the corner, just around. I'm like, what the fuck's around the corner? Like, I, my house is like three blocks down. I don't know what's around the corner. I've really never paid attention when I'm on the bus. But like, <laughs> you you have questions about stuff, and I even in my health class, you get one health class freshman year at least I had. And the teacher, the whole entire time, was she was feminist. She did not oh, like no. men, and our whole class was dudes. And oh, no. it was all just research <laughs> papers about like what, what the anatomy of the body. And then at the ending, she's like, now I'm going to show you everything that you signed a paper in the beginning say that I was going to show you throughout the whole entire class. And it's nothing but blue waffles and all these things. And we're all oh, like traumatized, like, holy shit, this is what we're – and like uh, – Honestly, the fact that more people, like the reason why they always talk about millennials, like a lot of them are kind of really connected and a lot of them stay home and they don't really go out and experience anything like a large amount of the population just because of video games, um, you know, being confined to where the era of technology is. They're afraid of sex. It's, it's a thing. Like oh, in, yeah. my, in my mind, it fucking flounder the thing from like stranger things like that's what i'm talking about like because that's how it gets displayed in a lot of i don't know everything that's involved into our culture i mean it's just this thing that's kind of like secreted and then it's supposed to be like this amazing experience and there's so much pressure on this one moment that's supposed to change your whole entire life when you find the person you find the person and then you realize in society nowadays that 
finding that one person doesn't lead on for too long, or it could be multiple people. It could be about just expressing yourself and finding out what it is, you know, which is interesting that you said you're the sexual side of it because of the fact of you can use that into your art creativity. Oh yeah. Have you ever tried like releasing the sexual side with paintings, for instance, like my example would be like the big Lebowski where, um, Maude is, uh, you know, doing painting naked and doing all this very vaginal art. And, um, it was like, Oh wow. You can actually put like some type of emotion, not like creativity or Bob Ross style, happy trees, more like (laughs) sexual side of things. Yeah, no, I actually love the concept of combining, uh, sex and art. Um, a lot of, I guess I kind of have this conundrum that I'm dealing with right now or like internal issue where it's, uh, if, and it's even with the podcast too, is, uh, what if my family sees this side of me? Like, what if, you know, that's how I end up being known, but it is like a huge part of me. And so bringing that into my art, like I've, I've done that and it's been so much fun. Now, how far have you gone with bringing it into your art? Like, what are we talking about? Like, I know I'm not, I'm not going to say are you drawing fruit because that would be fucking terrible. But <laughs> are, are, what types of like, give me an example of an art piece that you've done where you've kind of released yourself a little bit that side. Because I feel like a lot of people are pent up that way, especially with guys. Like you'd always tell when someone's a little bit more angry, like I'm a little bit more aggressive. They're kind of more built up, locked down. Um it's just, it's so stupid. Like you kind of mentioned the fact of like, you don't want to see your family that, you know, they don't want, you don't want them to see you in that way. You don't want, we don't want to be known to be porn stars, but there's a whole outlet for it out there. And we all watch the videos. It's like, but nobody is afraid to be on camera or something. Honestly, I might even do it. That that's a quick way to get famous like if you look at everybody that wants to be famous nowadays, it's like just start an only fans and start sucking somebody's toes. <laughs> um. So the farthest I've really gone was uh, some drawings I did of my ex and I, uh, where he was like going down on me and it was just kind of this like spiritual experience. So I kind of had like this aura uh, emanating from my head and stuff like that. Uh, And then I have a series of paintings that I've um, planned out, but I haven't actually begun them uh, kind of uh, symbolically explaining some of my my encounters with past guys and like whenever I almost got arrested and stuff like that so wait you almost got arrested <laughs> yes for having sex in a public park I can't judge you for that like most people are gonna be like what in a park it's like I pissed next to a park you can get in trouble for that yeah <laughs> I think, okay, all right, all right. I'm going to ask where the weirdest place and the weirdest story you have. It's a sexual story, okay? Um, okay. Do you want me to share one of mine? Or do you, want, do you want me to share one that I saw? I wasn't watching on purpose, but I had been <laughs> skating and I came across one. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, do you want, which one do you want? Which one? Uh, the one you saw, because it sounds like it's juicy. Okay. So I was skating in my town. Um, it's a beach town, probably two o'clock in the morning, summer place. So kids always coming down and, you know, doing whatever. S- skated by this truck. And I was like, the fuck is it rocking for? And I was like, oh. <laughs> either like someone's like cranking out the music or something. I was probably 15 at the time. So I skated by and fucking uh, like, you know, the, it was fogged up. 
because you know yeah. you get the heat going. Oh yeah, and absolutely. A fucking ass, a man's ass. Bam, right against the thing, and I'm like, Hoo! and then all you like, I I ran like you know like skirt skating towards my house, and now I'm appearing towards the front of the truck. So I was coming yeah. off from the back around the the left side, the driver's side, and I'm going to the front of the truck, and I just see this bald dude with glasses staring at me through the fucking dashboard and this girl like with her head popped up like that and i'm like Ugh! and i just keep going and he gets i hear the car door open and he gets out oh, and starts no. yelling and shouting at me saying hey stop i'm like fuck that i'm booking it like i got music in one ear i'm listening to my favorite band playing this song called down 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 and it, oh god it was it was tragic I, I remember i wanted to tell my dad too i ran in the house i was like dad he's like what i'm like never mind Never mind. Nothing. Not sharing that one. <laughs> Why would he get out and try to call after you, though? That's ridiculous. You want to make 20 bucks? I got a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I still remember it to this day. I remember the exact pier, and every time I drive by that pier, I think of that moment, and I realize <laughs> that nobody else was going to share that besides me and those two people. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic though. <laughs> it's your turn now. You gotta share okay. the story. I want I want either a juicy one that happened to you or one maybe were you a watcher at any point? Uh okay, so I've already gone towards the, the voyeur room at the swing house, but there was one instance where uh it was it began as a threesome. Ooh. Um yeah. How did and that get set of, up? Because I've been trying to get one go i feel like it's too much pressure i'm a i i i like peer pressure mostly because it makes me do things that i don't want to do like try yeah. this joint okay <laughs> try cocaine okay try pcp i don't know about that oh hope not <laughs> <laughs> no uh it was uh said dom um and uh he had a friend who was uh, a piercer. She, that was her profession and she was moving and she wanted, she really liked going down on girls. And so she wanted to go down on me. And so it just kind of, I don't know if you can say naturally developed, but uh, it just kind of happened. And then one of my, uh, my friends at the swing house was like, hey, can I watch? And after a while, like I had, the one guy on me and I had her on me and I just kind of pulled the other guy in. And so now I'm in this foursome where three people are just showing me all this attention. And that was extremely interesting and kind of fun. So you actually like that. I feel like that's too much pressure on one person. Um, I mean, nobody stopped and got Capri Suns at any point to rehydrate. <laughs> it didn't go on that long. It's fine. <laughs> I, I guess I, I, <laughs> there are some people that just aren't super sexual, I guess, you know, I feel like that's like me, like, I don't mind it. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to have, obviously, I have my moments where I'm like, all right, let's get it done. But it's like, I don't know, I'm more about like the whole lead up to it, like where it comes into messes and stuff. And then I figured out like the fruit thing. So it leads back to the fruit thing. Pineapples, for instance, we use these we use these terms to classify body parts though eggplants are are obviously men's region 
peaches. Nobody knows why a peach is the whole thing of like, you know, callingus, all this other types of stuff. Why is it a peach? And a peach is because it's seen as God's fruit and its juices represent the perfect description for a woman's body parts. I fucking Googled it. Okay. So I was about to say you're very educated on this. I had to because I was like, why is it a peach? Why? Like it could be See, any I think other of fruit. a peach and I think of an ass because of the shape. That's what I thought too. But then it was like, no, it's supposed to represent the juices, the, all this other bullshit I mentioned before. I'm like, yeah, honestly, <laughs> if we really depicted things, like, is it common in the art field that you're kind of studying in more of like the hands-on physical art and a lot of these people kind of have the same interests like th- with the fact of being physical i feel like you know people are physical with the work they create or they're mental with things they like to think a problem through solve it like on a computer or something but then there's people that like to get down to the nitty-gritty and work with their hands like i see a dude digging trenches i'm thinking that dude loves fucking whipped cream everything miracle whip mayo everything all over the sexual bedroom he's he doesn't care about it getting his hands dirty you know what i mean i can see that um i i'm not really sure that i've come across much commonality in uh artists and their motivation i have had one friend who is very sexually based in her artwork and she puts it out there and i think that is kind of beautiful and fantastic and so brave why do you, why, why, I know you consider it brave, but why, why do you think society is at this point where that's seen as vulgar or that's seen as rude or that's seen as something that might shatter our virgin minds, even though they're not that virgin? Yeah, that's because, I mean, you're going to get me on a whole soapbox there. Uh, with our, I guess, oh, I'm blanking out. Um, Welcome to Out of the Blank, yes. <laughs> so our uh, duality, we have this, uh, I can't think of it, but we have a strong sexual side where we push for, you know, attractiveness and flaunting your body and putting it out there but at the same time you're supposed to kind of have this virgin mindset where you know you are pure while you're also flaunting your body for everyone to see and you know trying to to make yourself a sexual object and that's just kind of the complex way that in in america at least we kind of look at the body and sex and it's it makes no sense have you ever ever taken ecstasy or molly before uh yes and no (laughs) the the reason why i asked that is because the way you were just describing with the duality and kind of like this sexual side that we kind of need to unlock if i'm if i'm kind of catching on that hint a little bit there needs to be a little bit more openness towards it that happens when you take ecstasy or molly people that have ever taken that before like my cousin has all these i mean he's tried basically everything under the sun uh you know he's tossed out like i think his salvia story is probably pretty nuts living the life of a carrot for three months is fucking insane okay but um he had like ecstasy on him and uh, i guess it's molly is what it was but it, it's yeah, pure it's, cut ecstasy. it's like the same thing yeah and he took he had eight tabs he's like let's go do it and go in the woods i'm like what 
And he goes, you don't understand this unlocks so many things about yourself. You realize that all these things, these physical things, the male, the female, all this stuff, it all breaks down into a deeper layer of uh, a connection, a, like a, a sensation, an overall experience. And I'm like, listening to him talk about it, like, yeah, obviously you've been to way too many Burning Mans, but from hearing a lot of people talk about their experiences with it and then kind of realizing what the effects of it do it it really kind of takes down the shambles of these things that we built up as a society to create i'm not pro doing every drug in the known universe but i feel like we've been living this really really shitty matrix code for a very long time and why is sexual stuff so like it gets people's neck hair standing up it gets their ears all perked up it gets them like they want to duck down and hide i'm like express it because everyone has that side like i talk about everyone's got a kink everyone everyone's got one thing like uh jim the normal fucking jim jim doesn't have a kink jim probably likes a fucking cinder block being bashed on his head while he's tied up and thrown into a pool i bet you because even the normalest people have our high in something we see that with that was a big thing with catholic schoolgirls. You know, they had this whole thing. I told them, suppress it, suppress it, suppress it. Then it breaks out because it's it's something you can't keep on locks forever. You can go months and months and months without a sexual release, but eventually it's going to build up to a point where you're not even thinking anymore. I think on a clear level. Now, you can call this bullshit or not. I literally had to tell my cousin, hey, I'm planning on masturbating this day of the week. And, <laughs> and it was like four months out. He goes, why four months out? I was like, because I need to. And he goes, why? I ended up finding that I have kind of like this back issue where my pelvic floor muscles, all these things are completely ripped. So I don't get the urge like a normal person does. And I burn off a lot of my testosterone in the gym. So it's like a double whammy. Um, So I don't ever get the strong urges. But one day out of a couple of months, I get this strong fucking urge where I'm like hitting up everybody I would never hit up. In a million years, girls I haven't talked to in years. Like I'm about to send them a message, about to send them this. I'm like, hang on a second, handle this yourself, and then see if you're still thinking that way. And most of the time, I'm not. I feel like a lot of the times, the society we're thinking on the mindset of with our dick, at least guys are, but we don't ever act upon our urges and we suppress that. And it's like you should never catcall. You should never come out and attack a girl. You know, hey, and then you know, do any of that. That's how you get Bill Cosby charges. But you should express love. You should express compassion, empathy, all these things that are all intertwined. Empathy is like a lighter form of sex. It's like sexual mouth pleasure. And you're not going down on somebody, but more oral, oral, I guess, appeasement. You know, when you talk to someone, a good conversation, you feel charged, you feel an energy. That's the same thing it should be in the bedroom. It shouldn't be awkward. It should be two people connecting on a level that only they should be experiencing. And if you want to throw others in, sure. But spread the love. You can focus in on two or one person. Yeah, I absolutely think that it should be more of a connection. And I, uh, I think that a lot of people don't view it that way. They just kind of, I don't know, sex is separate from a connection, like a, a, not even just love, but like two souls kind of understanding each other. I don't know if that's getting a little, a little out there with it, but. Well, I mean, uh, would you say that like, it's obviously not the same as the first time, probably gets better um, in some people's opinion, but I would look at it like it probably gets worse. 
I feel like a lot of the times the interconnection, the trying so hard, I mean, the kind of the, the realness of being there. Like, you know, a lot of people, porn stars, for instance, I look at that, I'm like, you're mindless. You're not into the thing sometimes, you know, there's yeah. the connection seems to be off that it seems like um, a Bill Burr has that a, passion. Yeah. Bill Burr has a joke where he considers your soul like pixels. And every time something dirty on the internet gets looked up or something dirty happens, <laughs> a little bit of those pixels float off. <laughs> that's a, that's a completely fair assessment. I can picture that. I feel, you know, that little, a little soul part of my soul just died. Would you, do you think at any point you're going to be able to maybe express yourself a little bit more, maybe have that openness with your family? Do you feel like they would really judge you for it? Um, so it depends on what part of my family. <laughs> um, my dad and stepmom know that I have a dating podcast, but not that it is about sex as well. Uh, my mom knows that I have a sex and dating podcast, but, and is supportive, but doesn't really want to know about it. Um, and then my sister's completely open and she's, she's aware of everything that's going on. She's actually kind of our, our best, uh, judge because she listens to podcasts all the time. And so she, she kind of gives us feedback. So. What I consider kind of a weird thing that I think we need to take down out of all this is not just the only the education of this to younger people, but also the lines of why is it seen way worse when a woman thinks about this and talks about these types of things and a man come i know you agree with me on that it's no pretty, i do i'm i'm pro people I, I you know i i understand the women thing i understand the men thing but it's like it's a little bit more stigmatized and i had somebody tell me that like i said if a guy you know he he fiddled around with a younger a younger girl an underage girl that guy would be buried hung anything at the worst extent but if a woman did it it's seen as different it's weird and stigmatized in two polarized different ways like we don't treat it the same in that era and we also don't treat it the same if a woman goes around saying how many sexual partners they've had they get looked at as a whore or labeled a <laughs> slut and then a guy looks at like all right and gives him a high five it's like it doesn't make any fucking sense no and it's kind of interesting because i'm uh, I've been way more sexually experienced than most of the guys that I've met, but you know, guys still have that, I guess, that appearance of it's okay, or, you know, or they're just naturally like more sexual, whereas most guys I've actually met didn't lose their virginity until they were about 24, but, uh, have you started to realize that it seems like you built it up more in your head, especially when you're younger and you start to realize as you get older and older that like, who gives a fuck? Like, who, who cares that I'm, I'm worried this much about it? You know what I mean? Like, even me talking about something like this on a podcast, sharing my experience, sharing, you know, whatever. There's people going to listen. You can choose to sit there and think like, oh, my God, like, what are people going to think of me if I share this story? Or just live. We're, our life is so fleeting. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if I had the artistic talent, if I had the swag, if I had the Austin Powers fucking mojo <laughs> to be able to do whatever, would I? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I, he's open as fuck about it. And maybe it's because he's a guy. But also, I feel like you built it up so much in your head thinking about, why are you going to worry what other people think about you if you might not even see that person again? You might not even meet that person. Yeah, I actually, I used to keep 
a list of all of my like sexual encounters and then after a while I had to stop because it was getting in my head and like now I kind of wish that I had kept it because you know just knowing who and like for the sake of a uh, record kind of like just knowing but at the, at the time I couldn't handle that like I couldn't it was because of what other people might think that you know I'd had so many sexual partners um that it made me uncomfortable in I guess what uh what other people might see me as have you ever tried kind of figuring out why you're into some of the things you're into <laughs> I know exactly why I uh I've come to where I am um and that is uh preteen trauma um and so I lost my virginity at 14 and a lot of that is yeah yeah uh to an 18 year old so technically it was illegal so uh no um um, I just want to say good on you for pulling an older guy as long as you were (laughs) condoling with it um and I also okay now I changed my mind I'm gonna say that's (laughs) fucking horrible yeah, no, he definitely pressured me into the situation. Uh, I, I regret losing my virginity at that age, um, and mostly to him. Uh, and if I were going to lose my virginity at 14, I wish it had been the guy before him, because he was a much better person. Is it possible to lose your virginity on monkey bars? Or, yeah. What? I heard a girl in my... at my school she was taking a gymnastics class she hit her crotch from a beam oh because it broke her hymen yeah and they said she lost her virginity is that true i think that is a very archaic term of losing your virginity that kind of brings it back to uh whenever they would i guess kind of examine the woman prior to marriage to see if her uh her purity was intact. Like, I, I think now the definition is, and at least kind of should be, uh, intercourse or, I feel like a lot of people use the loophole of so they're not are you having saying sex. Count it or don't count it? I wouldn't count it. Okay, that's another Because thing. that's just the breaking of a hymen. That can happen in like so many different ways, like horseback riding and stuff <laughs> like that. Is there a way to tell if a guy has lost his virginity or you just got to look at the nuts and be like, this thing is beat to shit? <laughs> I don't think there's a way to tell other than maybe bragging about it. I know. Around when they're 13 years old, so you just start checking on them. That's <laughs> when it starts. Those middle school years. Oh, my gosh. Ah, man. Why does it have to be this thing that's so stigmatized? I feel like I, you know, at one point I was going to get into porn and I said, not now, but if I turn 26 years old, if I don't have anything going for myself, I was going to do it. And now I realize, like, why not? It's an easy way to make money. I used to consider, uh, whenever I was younger and thinner, uh, stripping. And like, I still have conversations with Cass sometimes about is stripping feminist or not? Like, is it? degrading to women or is it empowering i guess it's really 
what kind of life needs is a different perspective on things. It's kind of looking at how you do that. Like people consider homeless people fucking homeless people. I consider them expert minimalists. Um, and, you know, you see a hobo smear shit on a wall. I go, he's a painter. He's expressing his art and his, the wall is his canvas and his shit is his paintbrush. I, it, sometimes it's what's needed. If you look at strippers, for instance, or prostitutes, what, not prostitutes, let's stick with strippers. That's a safer bet. Uh, go to a strip club. It's guys that are applauding and throwing cash and all these things that are literally so consumed by a woman's appearance, which it's feminist on that aspect of why does she have to be judged on appearances? But if you got, I mean, I know people, I've, I, there's a girl, for instance, that went into my work and you could tell she's lived her whole life off her looks, but now she's kind of getting older. It's fading away a little bit. So she hired a trainer to keep her in gear. Not smart at all. I mean, literally like model stupid that you would find on a TV or movie. And I don't mean that to be mean to her. She's nice as hell, but it's like, you could tell that she didn't, she, you know, her, she husband, didn't have to. her husband's older and pays for all of her stuff. Literally everything, yeah. hundred dollar payments, every, like it's nothing drives a nice ass car because she's learned to live off the looks. Is that a bad way to live? I mean, it was not one that I would want, but if you got the cards for it, fucking flaunt it. Pam Anderson knew that one. I mean, you, people, women that look at like, oh, they're just looking at her because they're attracted to her body. But she doesn't feel that way. She feels empowered. She feels like she can control and get what she wants with what she has. More power to you in that way. I think the whole world needs a whole perspective shift. We're really I in feel this dynamic. I feel like in a way, um, people who are in that position or even living off of their appearance, um, I see it as their body is their canvas. They, that is something they put time and effort into. Like it takes a lot of energy in order to keep up that appearance. Like it's, I envy it. I have self-esteem issues because of it, but kudos to them for like putting, you know, like makeup or hair care or nails, uh, getting your body tan just right, keeping thin, whether it's through, you know, fitness or um, sadly often eating disorders. Uh, they, they put all of this energy into their appearance and most people, you know, well, not most people, but you know, people who don't do that are putting their energy into other things, but that's where they put their energy. I think that's, I guess, it, it's sad that we put that much emphasis on appearance, but since we do, kudos to them. I want to get to the point in the world where I know, I know it's probably never going to happen, but sweatpants confidence where we can destroy this barrier known as self-esteem um this this thing that destroys it i would say not destroy self-esteem i think it's important you need to have your self-esteem but to destroy this thing that holds us from chasing after something we want because either we're afraid we might fail or afraid what other people will think of us there's a point i think in my life where my cousin kind of said to me he said why do you care what these people think of you you're not going to meet these people five minutes from now they're not even going to matter uh, and for a person like myself, that is body dysmorphic. Um, you know, I, I wait till the shower mirror fogs up before I even hop in or take my clothes off. Uh, 
and I, I, have, I have a six pack. I'll, I'll sit there and flaunt it, but I don't go and show it around. I don't do any of that because I know I have it. And it's taken me a long time to kind of realize the appearance thing didn't really matter um, when it came to myself. Uh, the deepest connection I could find with someone that would understand what that was like was a transgender person that explained about being uncomfortable in the skin that they were born with. I was massively bullied as a kid for being overweight. And eventually I joined this fitness journey that's taken me every day for eight years. That's, it was an unhealthy thing. I'm still doing it, but it's my therapy. It's a point where we're afraid of other people looking at us in this weird light, even though we treat others like shit online. So many people turn into this anger, turn into this hatred, turn into this spiteful demon. And does it matter that you have Brad Pitt looks? Or should it matter that you have a Morgan Freeman personality? Something where people will enjoy being around you and care about you. I've met some of the nicest people that are not fucking good looking in my opinion at all. But that's my opinion. But people tend to blast their opinions and let it be known. And I look at that like you're not making the world a better place by saying that to them. Like bullying, for instance, growing up with that, kids making fun of other kids to the point of where they commit suicide. We're breeding this generation of copycats trying to look like the next top models. Follow real bodybuilding pages, people that show you this is when after I like after a workout, I'm fucking shredded. But then I eat a meal and I'm bloated. And I'll, I'll post a picture of that and say, hey, there you go. Six packs gone. All that that you saw <laughs> earlier is gone. You need to show that side of things because through social media, it's all about putting up the best picture of you possible where yeah. it's going to breed body dysmorphia throughout this whole entire world. Yeah, I, uh, I used to struggle a lot. I actually probably have a better opinion of myself now than I did whenever I was 18, 19, and you know, pretty, pretty skinny, a healthy skinny. Um, but whenever I was in college, um, even, I mean, not that it was intended at all, but because we were all body dysmorphic, Cass and our other two friends, um, they, we had one friend who was teeny tiny, looked like a Barbie doll, and pretty much every morning, if not absolutely every morning, she would look in the mirror, she'd be perfect and gorgeous blonde, and she'd go, I look like shit! <laughs> and she did that every day, and all three of them were skinnier than I was, and would always talk about how fat they were. And I actually, I, I thought that I was like horribly overweight, even though I was probably 150 pounds and 5'4", which is just a really healthy place to be. And that's actually my goal now because I'm on a weight loss journey. That's my goal to get back to. People, you know, probably hear me talk about it enough about how much I work out or something. I post pictures of a six pack on my personal only to show that it's about consistency. I'm not the hardest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest in the gym, but I just have gone every day and I've committed to it um, because it's something that brings me a physical release, a therapy release. I mean, fuck you talk to me if like, if I like 
for instance, you know, tomorrow or something, if I'm doing a morning shift at work where I go into work at like 3 a.m. or something. I don't get to work out first thing in the morning like I like to do. That's a, it's like checking my phone. It gets me leveled throughout the day so I can handle all this crap. I'll get pent up. Somebody will say something to me like, can you believe that these people in here are not following your protocols with masks? And I'm like, are you fucking yelling at me about this? It's four o'clock in the morning. Fuck off. Like I'm like that type. But then after a workout, I'm still leveled headed where I'm like, yeah, well, I'm sorry that you feel this way. Is there anything I can do to help? And it's because you built up something. Everybody's got a form of stress relief, whether it's painting, whether it's swimming, whether it's whatever. <sighs> The, nobody's going to understand the fact that social media has done this amazing thing of leaving a mark, but it's not in the best way. No, I actually avoid social media for the most part because if that and the news, like, and pretty much all like magazines and anything like that, because it'll bring me down, it'll change my mind frame. Like, I know that it affects that. So I don't feed into it nearly as much as I used to. And they say body proud, body image strong, you know, support curves, all these types of things. It makes me question, are they doing it because they actually believe it? Or are they doing that because it makes them look better in the light? I have a lot of uh, mixed feelings about that because, you know, as a, I guess people would define it as curvy. I know I am overweight compared to the normal. This is where someone corny would come in and say you're beautiful, but from a honest perspective, not trying to sound like a modest, not trying to sound like a, a nice guy or something. You are, you are in the image of who, what you want to be. And if you feel comfortable in expressing yourself in that form, then do so. Nobody is the, nobody can fucking tell you how you should look. Nobody should tell you how you should look. We built a society upon that. Well, thank you. But I mean, I know that like, cons or if you're looking at the body mass index, that I am like overweight and people want to call that curvy. And I feel like curvy is a completely different thing. That is a body type. Um, whereas, you know, I, I think we want to disguise it so that it sounds better, so that our self-esteem does get better. And I'm completely supportive of that. Like if you, please, no matter what size you are, find yourself beautiful, find the things that are gorgeous about yourself inside and out. But I don't, that's another thing like with sex, I don't think that we should hide it and pretend that it's something that it's not. Uh, be proud of who you are, but at the same time, support health like try to be a healthier person inside and out and i don't know i just i think that we shouldn't necessarily reward obesity but at the same time we shouldn't demean people who have weight issues because understand that balance is there needs to be a balance there what happens is when you shame somebody so much to the point that they are so upset, they can end up taking their own life, or they could get to the point where their distorted perception of themselves could be that they could end up just starving and starving and starving and starving and starving and creating real problems with their body, uh, creating real issues and a whole distorted perception of themselves to the point where people are like, wait, you're skinny, you're skinny. 
you know, it happened with me. I was a chunky kid because, you know, I hit my growth spurt. I hit puberty. I got taller. But I went down from eating like a bag of Doritos in a sitting just because I was a kid and you could do that. Yeah. Uh, if I did that now, God dang. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I ended up eating an apple a day. Like just a small apple, one apple. I was living off that. And I got taller and I got skinnier and I joined a gym. And I then I had to bulk up from that one apple to three or four meals a day. Yeah. That was the fucking hardest thing ever. And now it's like, you know, I have my eating times that I like to do because like I can eat, you know, a tuna salad or something and I won't get hungry until the next eating time. It's like right at that second, like right before I'll be full. And then that second hits, I'm like, I need food now. It needs to happen because it's just been trained for so long. But the balance I'm saying is between two sides. There's the side where people tell you you're skinny, you're skinny, 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 that you need to put on weight and you feel bad about your image to the point where you have to gain a whole bunch of weight, trying your hardest. And sometimes it doesn't hit and then it all hits you at once. Or it comes from the other perspective of you're too big and you lose weight. Why can't, if you're at a, I mean, healthy weight, obviously, you don't want any health complications. But if you feel amazing, you've had this fucking bold confidence and you have this strength and you're not suffering from a health issue where you can't breathe or something, you can't, you should be able to walk out of your house. That's just fucking, I consider yes. that a health issue. But if you're happy with that, be happy with that. Why the fuck have we gotten to the point where we need to assert ourselves and everything, the world's all about comparisons. I work at a gym. I see it 24-7. Constantly people that are working out, you know, trying to check themselves out, doing tricep dips or something. They're looking over at somebody else and comparing themselves to that person. It's all a giant comparison thing. That's why yeah. I choose to work out first thing in the morning when nobody's there, or, you know, in the middle of the night or something. Because it's a free range of you're not going to be able to put in your best work if you're thinking that everybody's judging you. It's like having eyes on you. You're never going to truly be an express of yourself. Maybe that's just because you can't commit to knowing that people are going to look at you and who gives a shit what other people think. But it's also a point of we shouldn't be in a society where you should feel judged at every turn. Yeah, I actually, I'm much happier now. I mean, I'm on a weight loss journey. I'm trying to get healthy. But uh, at the same time, I am much happier and I guess I have a better image of my body now at around 200 pounds than I did whenever I was, you know, 18 to 22, where I was 150 pounds. And I thought that everyone was staring at me, judging me every second of the day. And I hated my appearance. I hated, and like, I could wear the things that I wanted to wear and still feel terrible in them. Whereas now I can't even buy clothes that look good on me half the time because they don't make them in larger sizes, but I feel better about myself and I have the internal self-confidence about my personality and who I am so that I guess, and then people see that. So on, you know, the one hand, fuck what people think, but at the same time, if you love yourself, then people are going to see that. Would you say that the world needs less exposure and more expression? I do like that mind frame, yeah. I feel like I've kind of gave free motivational speaking 
to the world right now. We both kind of have. That's thirty nine ninety nine. People could pay here. Uh, nah, I won't. I feel like that is a, that is a whole other road. If you want to go down with me, motivational speaking, people that charge fucking twenty four ninety nine to give you motivational tips on how to succeed in life. Oh, just give it out for free. God, everyone is trying to survive. That's why a lot of people don't choose to. You know, if people don't protest about things, it's not that they're trying to be quiet. It's that like we're all just trying to make it into the next day. And that shouldn't be life. It should be this amazing fucking peach or pineapple, whatever you want to call it, filled with the juices we're all trying to get. That's a beautiful way to end it, wasn't it? <laughs> that was pretty fantastic. Well, um, you do you, do you not like do you have the links and everything to promote your podcast? Or is that Cass? Um, so I can I can go ahead and go for it. It's uh it's at well, you just follow Swipe But Set Podcast on any social media. Um, you find us personally at SwipeCast and at SwipeMave, or you can email us at SwipeAndSipPodcast at gmail.com. Is there like somewhere we can find your art? My art is the Ethereal Pegasus on Instagram. It's a fucking amazing name. <laughs> Thank you. It's like the dude that walks in like, my name's Beowulf. You're like, whoa. If a bear breaks into this, this guy's taking it down. <laughs> I'm a Greek mythology nerd, so I'm like those types of old school style names, like Perseus and all these things. I'm like, yeah, it's my kids right there. I'm going to name them Da Vinci and all these things where people are like, what's your name? My name is Beowulf. It's like, oh, well, I'll make sure to stay away from you for the rest of the school year, mostly because you'll probably kill me. Thank I would for- be completely intimidated by someone named Beowulf. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to this episode out of the Blank Podcast, and stay tuned for our next episode. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you want to visit iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, and even share the show. Helps me out. Leave me a little something like a little message about oregano or Domino's Pizza or how Papa John's is evil. Thanks for checking out Out of the Blank Podcast.